This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. God bless you. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. Thank you for tuning in. It's Saturday night. We're here in the dead of winter, the middle of January, and I'm telling you what, stay warm and do your best to stay inside because, you know, we're Michigan people. Michigan, this is that tough time of the year where you have to just bear down and pray that the summertime comes as quick as possible. But it's Saturday night, and you're listening to the radio. What are you doing listening to the radio? You didn't go out tonight, or where are you at? So maybe you're driving, maybe you're at home, maybe you're getting ready to go to bed. But you're tuned into the right show because God is going to do something supernatural in your life. You tune into a radio station that believes in the supernatural power of God. Hebrews 13.8 says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. That's the thing about God. We may change. Your relatives may change. Your spouse may change. But Jesus, God, does not change. That means that if he set his love upon you, he still loves you today the same way that he loved you yesterday. And the same way that he's going to love you tomorrow. You say, well, the love of God grows. No, God's perfect. He's love. And he doesn't need to develop in anything. There's nothing that God has to develop in. He is perfect. His love is perfected. His power is perfected. His wisdom is infinite. It's perfected. And so we recognize that. And that means that if he came 2,000 years ago and he was healing people and he never turned away anybody and said it wasn't his desire to heal. Actually, in Nazareth, when he came and he started healing people, the Bible says he could do no many miraculous works there because of their unbelief. The idea in the text simply means that Jesus desired to heal the people. If he didn't desire to heal the people, why would he spend all night praying and laying hands on the sick, casting out devils? So if you have something that's tormenting your mind tonight, God wants to deliver you from that. If you're dealing with bipolar, if you're dealing with mental issues, God wants to set you free. And I'm going to pray a prayer tonight at the end of this broadcast. And I'm going to command every tormenting thought every tormenting lie of the devil to loose your mind and to let you go. You say you can do that? Yes. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. He that believeth shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And he said, and these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall cast out devils. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You mean you can do that on the radio? If you agree in faith and you're faith hooks up with me and you believe that God can do it, he will. John 6 says, what shall we do the works of Christ? And Jesus says, believe on him whom thou hast sent. Do you believe on Jesus tonight? Is he your hope? Many in the world, their hope is their intellect, their knowledge, what some philosopher said, but nobody, nobody has beat death like Jesus. And we, as there was witnesses, he appeared unto 500 who testified and said they saw him risen from the dead, and they went and they proclaimed that he is alive. And he's alive tonight, friend, and he wants to touch you where you're at. That means his healing power is alive. His delivering power is alive. And so we serve a risen Lord, and we're thankful for it. We got a special show prepared for you, and I want to go ahead and get into it. Before we do, I just want to thank all of our partners that help us to bring the broadcast to you on Saturday nights. 
We thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening to us. Uh, I want to let you know that if you want to support us with your prayers and financially, you can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com. There you can sign up uh, and become a partner with CPM. You can do it automatically. And also, you can uh, write to us and email info at chrispalmerministries.com or you can mail us P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we'll respond timely, in a timely manner, because we love our partners and we love people like you. We also have a podcast that you can go on and you can find our teachings archived there. You say, well, I missed the broadcast. Well, go on and get our podcast. It's called On the Road with Chris Palmer. And you can find it and access it through our website, www.chrispalmerministries.com. Just click the podcast and you'll be able to find it. Also, our book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, has been written to teach you how to have your own walk with God. Uh, And it'll teach you a lot of the basics, but not just the basics. It'll take you deep into an understanding of what happened when you were born again. People say, what does born again mean? Well, it will teach you and explain you that. And so get it now. And you can go to Amazon, or you can go to our website, www.chrispalmerministries.com, and you can get it there as well. Let me pray tonight, and let's get into God's Word. Lord, I thank you for every person listening under the sound of my voice. Father, I pray that your power would go forth now. Minister to each person. I pray that they would receive a touch of your Spirit. I pray they'd receive a touch of your fire. I pray tonight that the very presence of God would begin to fill their homes, would begin to fill their hearts. I pray that they would come to know the resurrection power of the Lord Jesus. I pray you give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of their heart open up to know who you are. May they see Jesus. I command any type of unbelief to leave now, any sickness to go, any frustration, fear. You're listening tonight. You're anxious. You're worried. You're fretful. You're full of dread. I command that to leave you now in Jesus' name. And I command your heart to be uplifted. Don't be full of fear. Don't be anxious. God is in control. And I thank you and I praise you for it, Father. Oh, thank you for your presence. Thank you for saving people. Thank you for people listening tonight, giving their hearts to Jesus. You have a drug addiction in your life. I command that addiction to be broke now. And I command you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Be filled with this power. Be filled with this love. I thank you and I praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been talking about, I shared this on the radio, that the Spirit of God told me to begin dealing with uh, the secrets of life in the parables of Jesus. I felt tremendously led to, to, to minister on this topic and to teach it on this broadcast. You say, why are you teaching that late at night? And I said, well, there's people that listen late at night, but not only that, uh, this ministry, if you look at our website, you see what is it that we believe the Lord Place me in this ministry based upon Hebrews chapter 5. And I want to read that before I get in because people say, well, the parable, that's not, that's something kind of deep, Reverend Palmer. Yeah, it is, but it's one of the more deeper materials in Scripture. But when the Lord put me in the ministry, he gave me the assignment that this ministry was to take people and give them the meat that's in the Word of God. It says in Hebrews 5 verse 12, When the time you ought to be teachers, you have one that teach you which be the first principles of the oracles of God. That means that there's people that have been in the body of Christ long enough where they should have gone somewhere, taught the doctrines of Christ, and explained what's in the word of God. And many people today 
are not able to do that. They can't even tell you the fundamental doctrines of the Word of God, even about Christ. Their beliefs are mixed up because they didn't give heed to Scripture. And they wanted to just stay and drink milk and never go into the meat of the Word of God. And it says that you have become those that are in need of milk and are become such as have need of milk and not the strong meat that's in the Word. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So God's desire is that you not just remain a babe. You say, well, you should simplify things. You should simplify, you should simplify things for people that want to remain children in the word of God or children in the word. But you should take people deep as simply as you can. And explain to them deeper concepts from the word. And that's what we're doing tonight. You may need deliverance or healing. And we're going to pray for you to receive that. This is an outreach, this broadcast. But you also need to hear about what's in the word. And so stay tuned tonight as we continue to go through the parables of Jesus. I want to talk to you tonight about this idea right here. And that is that not... If you're taking notes, you take notes on the broadcast. Write this down. It will help you in the future. Not Every word is God's word, and not every tradition is God's tradition that you find inside the church. Not just because it's coming from a pulpit, and just because uh, it's been practiced by a particular organization for a long time, doesn't necessarily mean that it's the word of God or that it even came from God. And this is what Jesus is talking about here in Matthew chapter 13, in verse number 33, and this is known as the parable of the woman and the leaven. And I want to read to you this account in Matthew, and Luke also tells the parable. Here's what it says, Matthew 13, verse 33. It says, And another parable, he spoke unto them and said, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid it in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. And that's all Jesus gives of the parable. And so we might help ourselves a bit by going to Luke chapter 13. And finding out what Luke has to say, and this is a very powerful passage of Scripture, especially when we get to discussing what he meant in context when he said this. Luke 13, verse 20, again he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? Then he says in verse number 21, It's like leaven, or yeast, which a man took and hid in three measures, excuse me, not a man, a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. So what did Jesus mean by this? Well, let me say this. You know, last week we talked about how every tribe and every nation comes into the kingdom of God, bringing their own beliefs and bringing their own ideas. This is simply because the kingdom of God is a vast kingdom. It's large. If you have not had the opportunity to leave Detroit or whatever city you're in or wherever you're born and go see it, but the kingdom is massive all over across the United States, all across the world. Or if you have never had the opportunity to go to another country and see people that are not, they don't speak the same language, they don't eat the same food, they don't think the same way, but at this, they don't wear the same clothes, but they preach the same Jesus. It's big. It's large. And the Holy Spirit, as we said last week, his job is to come and transform you to the word of Christ and you take your own ideas your own beliefs things that you were taught by your father and your mother and you take them and he conforms them to the kingdom of God he conforms them to his word and he conforms them to the revelation of Christ that he puts in your heart and so do you remember when you first got born again and saved how the Holy Spirit began to change you 
from what you believed, how he began to work in your heart. He's supplied to you the light and revelation from the scripture and how you began to conform to that. And do you remember how he came along and tugged from you things that you would not in you that were not conforming to his word? It happens a lot of times that when you get born again and you get uh, you, you, the Holy Spirit is going to start locating in your life things that He wants to remove, and He's trying to take those things from you so you can become more conformed to the image of Christ. And when you don't allow those things to conform, you begin to instead of be full of Christ, that part of you can't be full of Christ. That part of you stays in darkness, and you begin to add that into your experience in the kingdom of God. There's people that refuse to give those things up. And so what happens is you still maintain your position in the church. And when I say the church, I mean the professing church. Nobody can come along and tell you you're not saved or born again. I mean, they could, but they're not the judge. So if there's certain people that come in and they refuse to get, they bring into the church certain ideas, they refuse to give them up, and nobody notices. What happens when these people rise to leadership maybe there's a certain part of them that they hide that they won't allow anybody to see that is a part of their doctrine and then they get into leadership and they slowly begin to break pieces off of that bread of doctrine and slowly feed it to people until each person in their realm of leadership begins to become affected about that part of their heart that's why Paul told Timothy, don't lay hands on any man suddenly. Don't elect a novice, lest being filled with pride, they fall under the snare of the devil. First Timothy. Why is it that you, or Second Timothy, why is it that you have to be careful to put people in leadership? Because you wait time to let time prove and test what's inside their heart. You say, why do I have to do that? Because anybody that's been born again comes into the kingdom. They were without and they come in. And the question is, when they come in, what are they carrying and what are they bringing with them? It's okay to come as you are. God will clean you up, but there's some things that you're going to come into the kingdom with that he's going to try and take out of your hands and say, thank you very much, I'll take that. No going further with this. Did you know that there are people all over that proclaim to be part of the body of Christ and lead part of the body of Christ all over that have not turned loose much of what they refuse and and they don't give it up. And they won't allow the Holy Spirit to have it. So when the Spirit of God has worked with you and has come into your heart, He wants those things from you. And if He doesn't get those things, many times people elect leadership and they lead with those things. And they'll lead people astray and take those people into error. Jesus acknowledged this, and he acknowledged that not everyone who speaks on his behalf is speaking what he approved them to speak. You say, how do I know God has approved this preacher to speak this? You ready for this? You say, miracles. No. It's not miracles, because many will say unto me, Lord, have we not cast out devils in your name? It's not signs, it's not wonders, it's not even healing. You want to know what I believe is the litmus test for the approval of God, I believe it's the presence of God. Because the true presence of God will not go and show up where it's been grieved. When the presence of, when God has been grieved, you will not find His presence. When God has been grieved, you will not find His fire. 
when God's been grieved, you will not find his you will not find true worship. And so he warned that people would go toward harming parts of the body of Christ when they have refused to give up certain things. And so I want to investigate. Do you feel the presence of God tonight? Friend, it is so important that you have a Holy Spirit in your life and that you follow leaders that are led of the Holy Ghost. They talk about the Spirit. And not just talk about the letter. You say, well, my preacher, my pastor preaches the Word. It's not just good enough to preach the Word. They're talking about the Word at university down the street. You need somebody that understands the life of the Spirit, that has that relationship with the Holy Ghost. So that they, when, when they have that Spirit working in their life, He's working away everything in them that needs to go. And it will turn loose. There's people that have pet doctrines. They have not turned those doctrines loose. They came and became born again, but there's certain things they will not go. You say, what are those? Greed. You know, some people enter into the kingdom of God with greed in their heart, and they start reading the Bible, and they try to find ways of justifying the greed. Some people get born again, and they have certain issues with pride, and they try to find places in Scripture where God promises to exalt them and obey and comply until they find the exaltation. And there are some people that come into Scripture and they're extra tolerant of sin. So they try to lean towards those Scriptures that will allow them to make justification for someone who sinned. There's some people that come into belief that say Jesus is the way to heaven, but there's no hell. And they look for Scriptures. And you can bend and twist the Word of God any way you want. And God is not looking at the people that are reading His Word. God is looking at the people that are conforming to His Word through the, through the help of the Holy Spirit. There's a difference between reading the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to get into your mind and then reading the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to translate it for you and to spread it upon your inner man and your heart. There's people that know the Word. There's, you could take two people that know the same amount of Word and they'll fight and argue and disagree with one another and you'll walk away saying, who's correct? The person that's correct is the one that has allowed the Spirit of God to consume their heart and transform them to the Word. So what did Jesus say about this? He acknowledged that this would go on in the kingdom. He warned that everyone that spoke on his behalf, he didn't place them there to speak. Well, who gave it? Well, the world has a platform, and the world will give its platform to whoever it wants to hear at that time. What do you mean, Brother Palmer? Well, I want to show you what it says. It says in Second Timothy chapter 4, Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But you watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, and do the work of the evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. That's our responsibility as believers. It's to make sure that we're hearing the true word of God. So, the parable that we looked at last week, the parable of the mustard seed, shows how the kingdom of God developed outwardly. It's massive growth, supernatural, got big supernaturally, and then it expanded all over the world. But this parable here, the parable of the woman of leaven, it is going to show 
the inner development of the kingdom of God. And inner development simply means after the birds of the air lodge on its branches and have come in to the kingdom. What happens once they're in the kingdom? People come from all over carrying their own ideas. And because of this, not every word is God's word and not every tradition is God's tradition because when they came in, they didn't check their extra baggage at the door. They came in with their own ideas and started preaching those and didn't allow the word of Christ, the revelation of who he is, to change their beliefs and make them they, they came in and just looked for the word of God to back their beliefs. That's not what you're supposed to do. Hallelujah. You know, if you're listening tonight and you're looking for a touch from God, you're looking to be touched, I just feel right now, as I'm sitting in this studio, I sense the presence of God around me. I sense His Spirit. I sense that His angels are working on your behalf because He loves you and He has set His angels to go forth before you as ministers. And the word ministers doesn't mean someone that has a priest collar and stands behind the pulpit. It simply means servants that do your, your, your dirty work in the realm of spirit. You have servants on your behalf that are working out the blueprint of God for your life. And God just wants you to conform to his word. And he wants you to be careful. And God wants to touch you tonight. So I want to continue to encourage you to listen in and hear everything that I'm teaching tonight. So the setting of this parable is Jesus is still teaching by the seaside, by the house. And Luke, he's in a synagogue, and so it's no doubt that Jesus would repeat his teachings. And this is a oftentimes controversial parable uh, because, well, number one, the disciples didn't ask for an interpretation. It's very possible that the disciples had enough clues from the Old Testament to understand who the woman is and to understand the leaven and to understand the three measures of meal and to understand the mixing that they didn't need to have an interpretation. Because the Old Testament, as we're going to see, refers to leaven quite often. And so the kingdom of heaven, let me read it to you this way. It could read like this. The kingdom uh, of heaven is like unto leaven. Or is it the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took? Or is it the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal? Or is the kingdom of heaven like unto leaven which a woman took hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened? It is certainly the kingdom of heaven is the whole parable. Not just like unto leaven. It's like unto the whole parable. People that just say that this parable is about leaven and that's the word of Christ spreading all over the body of Christ. That's not exactly the case. Because the parable speaks of a whole picture. It speaks of the whole thing. So, the kingdom is like the whole exposition of the parable. The whole incident refers to the kingdom. And this is a dark saying of Christ that needs to be unraveled. Like I've taught before in, in, on the radio, that there are mysteries to the kingdom of God. Many of these you pray out when you pray in an unknown language. Or you pray in the spirit, maybe even in a known language, and you hear those mysteries. And it's God's desire to reveal to you those mysteries because he didn't put those things in mystery form to keep them from you having them. He kept those things from people that have no interest in those things or that rejected those things from hearing them. 
So you've been initiated into the kingdom by the Holy Ghost. This is that dispensation where men are taught and led and uh, guided to walk by the Spirit and to walk in honor of God. And so first thing that we have to understand in this parable, what is the kingdom? Well, the kingdom is like unto this whole parable. And the very first thing that you see that we see when we come into this, I feel the power of God tonight, is that we see the woman here in Scripture. And the woman is taking the leaven and she's hiding it in three measures of meal. So we got the major subject of this is the woman. So who is the woman in Scripture? Who is this woman? Um, well... Women in Scripture, when they symbolize something, they symbolize a type of the church. What do you mean by that? Well, you'll see in Revelation chapter 17 that the false church is called Mystery Babylon, the mother of harlots. This would be, some would say it's certain religious sects. Some say it might be a secular sect. Some people go as far to say that it might even be some type of alien life form. There's other there's theories out there. And these are from people that study the word of God. Be as it may, it is a false denomination, a false religion that is going to lead many people astray. Particularly those people that are religious minded. You also see in scripture that the Lord was married to Israel and Judah under the covenant. And they're both likened unto a woman who played the harlot. So it's not a good thing. No offense to the women. This is just symbolic interpretation of Scripture. The church and the marriage of Christ is also likened unto a great mystery in Ephesians chapter 5, 23-32. And so it's symbolic of a church. Now the only thing that has to be decided, is this a type of a true church or is it a type of a false church? And we're seeing here that it's been false churches in Revelation 17 and it's a true church in Ephesians chapter 5. And so in this scripture, you're going to see that this has everything to do with a false church. That means that not every church that claims to be of God is of God. Not every doctrine that they preach is of God. No matter how studied, how much they know, how much information they can give to you, everything they say is not always of God. These churches are usually run by ideas and philosophies brought to them by the birds of the previous parable. These are doctrines of devils, as it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4. You mean there's doctrines of devils? Absolutely. There's teachings of devils. When somebody gets a hold of something... That was not propagated by the Holy Ghost. That didn't come out of the mind of God. This is powerful. Even if it comes out of the mind of God. You're going to see in just a second. Even if a concept comes from the mind of the Lord. Somebody can take it. And the minute they start adding flesh to that spiritual substance. It becomes corrupted. And no longer becomes the pure word of God. So I believe that when preachers are talking and they're preaching and when you have a, or they're sharing their belief system, sharing what they believe, God is looking at it and saying how much of this is pure, how much of this is truth, how much of this is not so much the truth. Yeah. First Timothy 4 verse 1. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. 
corrupt doctrines that come from the flesh, corrupt doctrines that are motivated by selfish ambition. These are things that people are going to give heed to. And so this is your option when you come into the kingdom of God. One of two things is going to happen. You're either going to conform to the church or you will try to make the church conform to you. Now this is a powerful point. If you're involved in church and the church you decide you don't want to conform to because of the rebellion that's in your heart, even when God's called you there, you start trying to make the church conform to you. What's going to happen is you will lead people astray. You will get into greater, greater darkness. And you that's how false cults are started. And that's how things that lead to wickedness are started. So the next thing that you we should look at in this scripture is that the woman, she's taking leaven and she is putting it into meal. Now, the leaven here is the key of the scripture. So before we get into what the leaven is, we need to decide what is this meal that the woman is leavening. So we've decided that the, church, the woman is a false type of church. It's something false. Meal comes from seed. Isn't it interesting that in this parable that Jesus was just talking about seed? He had just finished talking about a mustard seed. Before that he was talking about tares being sown, wheat being sown through the children of the kingdom. And before that he was talking about the sower sows the word. And now what you have is not seed, you have meal that came from seed. The first three parables were seed parables. Now you've moved on and you have a meal parable. And this is the result of what comes from seed. Because meal in scripture is always seen as something good. It is always seen as a healthy food and never speaks of any kind of evil. In 2 Kings chapter 4, 38 to 41, I won't read it because of time. Elisha took meal and he used it to purify the pot of food that had been poisoned. Meal was used in offerings to the Lord. Numbers 5 verse 15. And so what the meal is, is the meal, it depicts New Testament truth and good. Well, I don't believe there's good, Brother Palmer. Well, there is good and there is evil. I don't believe in absolute truth. Well, the Bible teaches absolute truth. You know, we live in a day and age where people just can't stand the truth. They are... Scared to speak forth the truth. Fearful to do it. But have you noticed that when somebody comes along and they preach the truth, it's refreshing to hear it. It makes you wish that you could be as bold to preach the truth. Every time you share the truth of the word of God, you're giving somebody fresh baked bread from heaven. The Bible says in John 6.35... That Christ is the bread of life. He that cometh to me and eat shall never hunger. That's what it says. He's the bread of life. And he, who, what person on this planet that's lived past three, that lived past their infancy, has not had bread? Every culture has had bread. I've been enough places where I've seen enough cultures where they all are so diverse, but everybody has bread. Everybody. John 6.35. I want to read this. And if you're listening tonight and you're searching for meaning, and if you're searching for hope and you're searching 
And you say, what is it God has for me? John 6.35, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. You may have a new car. You may be in pursuit of your rise to the top. But at some point, when you get satisfied, if you succeed, and you get satisfied with it, you're going to hunger again. There's people that have it all, but they're hungry. Maybe you're one of those people listening tonight. Maybe you have it all. Maybe you've been given everything. Maybe there's nothing left for you to accomplish. But you're going to hunger again unless you eat the eternal bread of Jesus. Glory to God. You know, I've been to some of the most beautiful parts of the world. There's one particular place I preach. It is so beautiful. It is top-notch. One of the most beautiful places in the world, according to TripAdvisor. And I've gone there numerous times by myself. And amongst some other great places. And some not so good places. And you know that when I'm there, I still get hungry. My interest switches to something else. Because it's not can't satisfy me past a certain point. Nothing in your life. You can get all the fame you want. You can put enough selfies on your social media. And finally get what you want. And have your rise and become an overnight internet sensation and be the shock of the world. And still you will hunger and wonder if there's more. And you'll realize that life is overrated unless you are eating the bread of life. And then some old person who has not much left in life can be sitting there. And all of a sudden they open their Bible and the word of Christ begins to dwell in their heart. Oh, it's powerful. And they'd be more satisfied sitting there. Looking out the window, watching the birds, in a small one-bedroom apartment, with their Bible in front of them, than the person that's living lavishly, that has everything, but has nothing, because they don't have the sustenance that's eternal. And that's the bread and meal that we're referring to right here. Have you partaken of the meal? Do you have the bread of life? This meal is a divine meal. The world is not eating it. They don't have spiritual food. There are many kinds of bread, many kinds of spiritual food. But there's only one that's provided by the Lord, and this is the word of Christ and the word of his kingdom. And Jesus was the one who came along and spoke these words. Let me read to you what it says in Matthew chapter 12. That's what the meal is, friend. That's what the kingdom is. The kingdom is the word of Christ, hearing Jesus teach over and over again. The queen of the south, it says in Matthew twelve forty two, 42, shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and behold, greater than Solomon is here. That means that as rich as the words of Solomon were, they cannot compare to the rich words of the Lord Jesus, that out of his mouth pro- pro- will produce such rich treasures of gold, powerful truths, things concerning the kingdom. See, John came preaching the kingdom, but Jesus came along and he expanded on the kingdom. He explained how the kingdom worked. That's what made him all the more a great teacher. And you know what this explanation of the kingdom is? This is the meal. Let me give you an example of the meal. Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is teaching in the parables. He says here, Blessed are the poor in spirit. 
Blessed are they that meek, for they shall uh, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. These are the commandments of the Lord Jesus, teaching these to his people. Hallelujah. Things that will change your life. Things that will cause you to be everything that Jesus said that you could be in him just because you listened to what he had to say. We're going to talk more about those things when we come back in just a minute. So I want you to stay tuned and I'm going to finish talking about this parable as we continue to go through it. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after this.
things to you. And we're back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. Before we continue to talk tonight about the woman and the leaven, I want to let you know that you can find more about our ministry by going to www.chrispalmerministries.com. There you can sign up for our update. You can connect with us on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, all that kind of cool stuff that people do these days. And... Uh, you can partner with our ministry. You say, maybe you want to have a heart. You want to put us on another network. Maybe you want you believe in the broadcast and it's your desire for us to be on more. Or your desire to put us in another market somewhere in the United States or across the world because we're partner-supported. We'll expand as the Lord continues to add on to us and teach people the truth that's in the Word of God. So if your desire is to help our ministry and support us, we want you to do so. By going to www.chrispalmerministries.com. You say, well, what happens if I support your ministry? Well, we're going to continue to take the Word of God. We're going to use it to mature believers. We're going to use the Word of God to uh, go deeper into His Word and preach deliverance to people, preach healing, miracles, and demonstrate who Jesus Christ is. You know why I want to see miracles? Someone says, why do you preach miracles? Why do you preach healing? Because I want Jesus to get what he paid for. Jesus paid for you to have life. He paid for you to be born again. He paid for you to walk victoriously and also to have the presence of God in your life until his coming. And I want people to have that. I want to see people delivered from torments in their mind. People delivered from stress, anxiety. People delivered from making bad decisions. One of the greatest things a person can be delivered from is a wrong demeanor and a wrong way of thinking. Because a person can get healed in their body. They may even experience delivered from demonic oppression. But if they don't change the way they think and develop a new belief system or a system of truth in their heart, they're likely to go back into those things. Sometimes people say, why is that person reckless? Because they have a system of truth. God's not interested if you know a few truths. He wants to change your whole core and your whole system of truth that you have within. And so when we teach and minister, we're not just teaching truths. We're teaching a system of truth, a whole way of thinking and believing. And that's what the kingdom of God is. And you know what? That's what the measures of meal are that we're talking about in Scripture. So... We're finishing up talking about what this meal is. We said that it is the fresh bread. The fresh bread of heaven. Jesus came and distributed this bread. Matthew twelve forty two. It's God's desire for us all daily to receive the bread of heaven. Just as manna was provided daily for the children of Israel. Yeah. The pure doctrines of the Word of God. The pure doctrines of Christ. Now, it says here that not only was it meal, but it was three measures of meal. That's a specific detail. It could have been one, it could have been two, or it could have been three. So you say, well, Reverend Palmer, here comes Jesus. He's preaching meal. What's the three measures? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let me read to you what it says here in 1 John chapter 5 and verse 7. Because we have to understand from Scripture what significance does the number 3 have. Not every number in Scripture holds divine significance. 
not every time you see a number mentioned is it holding divine significance, but numbers do have certain significance in the scripture. You say that's tradition. No, it's the truth. First John chapter 5. Verse 7 says, for there are three that bear record in heaven. There's the Father, there's the Logos, which is Jesus, and there's the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. So, the number three in Scripture is the number that represents the Trinity. And therefore, it's a number that represents, here it is, perfection. It represents not only perfection, but total completion. Look at what it says here in Matthew chapter 18. And this was talking about conflict resolution. And Jesus says, Well, if your brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, you've gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, then take with you one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word shall be established. So to solve conflict resolution, when your brother who has offended you will not own up to it, you take with him two or three that are credible. So in the mouth of two, or you take another brother, or you take two brothers with you, that makes three. Three is perfection. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. So you take the number three, completion and perfection. And you apply it to meal. You have complete, full, perfect, undefiled, uh, 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 absolutely perfect meal. So three measures of meal bear witness to the perfect teachings and doctrines of Christ that have not been corrupted by anything. This is pure flour. It's the words straight from the mouth of Jesus in which those words came from his understanding, which came from the Father. It is the pure, undefiled word of the kingdom. I remember one time I was watching a show, and it was talking about how copper is made, and they show copper wires. And they said, you wonder how these wires become copper? And I'm like, no. But now that you say it, yeah, show me how those wires become copper. And then they go all the way back to the beginning where the dump truck is over in the rock quarry, and they're blasting rocks with dynamite, picking the rocks up, putting them inside the dump trucks, hauling the big rocks out. And they're not even copper rocks. They have copper in them, drilling and mining for it. And they take it to the plant. They take it off the trucks. They take the wa rocks. They wash them. They put them through the process, bang the rocks into sheets, melt them down, pour it into some type of mold, allow the mold to, mold to cool. They ship the mold off. Mold goes someplace. They take the molds off the truck. They take the mold and they melt it down again, and they go through a refining process, which causes that to now become these little tiny strips where they begin to bend them the way they want, and they ship them out to the factory. And even at its best, after all the refining process has gone and taken place, they only have like 97% copper, and the rest of it is just some type of uh, material, some type of uh, you know aluminum thing, alkali metal. Well, that's 97% copper. It's not 100%. It has a mixture in it. It would be better if it was 90, or it would be better if it was 98, 99, or 100. But I think they said it's almost impossible to get it to 100. They just need to get it to where it has a good conductibility. Friend, there is a pure doctrine of Christ that can go uncorrupted. And that's what you want. 
And that is what the Holy Spirit will give to you. When you look at all the doctrines in the church, people that are out there, you say, why do they believe this? Why do they believe that? How come every church I go to, someone's believing something different? Why does Reverend Palmer think he's right? Why does the other guy after him on the radio think he's right? Why do they all think they're right? Because there is a doctrine of Christ that requires an interpretation and the important thing is to allow the Holy Spirit to take you through the refining process to loose you from whatever belief that you've brought into the kingdom of God. And loose that and lay that down and accept the doctrine of Jesus over it. Hallelujah. This is powerful. The areas of your life that are ordered wrong are not ordered by the doctrine of Christ. They're ordered by a pseudo-doctrine of Christ. The areas of your life that have been allowed to follow wrong things are not following what Jesus said. They're following things that you brought with you into the kingdom. And God wants you to lay those things aside. And He wants the Holy Spirit to eradicate those beliefs from you. Maybe God's trying to get your healing and you won't allow God to heal you because you don't believe that God wants to heal His people. Let the Holy Ghost work with you. You say, has there been things that you've laid aside? Sure. Yes, absolutely. There are certain things in my life that certain things I believe that I take it to the Lord and I say, we have to talk about this. And the Lord says, you preached that without asking me what I thought about that. Never heard a preacher admit that, have you? Maybe not. And so that's what God wants to do. So three measures of meal in Scripture is very significant. Abraham asked Sarah to make three measures of meal and cakes for the visiting angels. Saul met men going to Bethel carrying three loaves in 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 3. In Jesus' parable, men, a man came to uh, his friend at midnight and asked for three loaves of bread. And you'll see in Numbers chapter 15, if you want to do the study, verse 10 and 28, verse 12, 20 and 28, that some of the meal offerings that were offered by the children of Israel to the Lord had to be three-tenths of fine flour. So, three represents the fullness of God and divine revelation of the Word. So, you can trust, friend, when you are looking for truth that there is a pure unadulterated word of Christ. This is the word that was preached and the one word that the apostles preached and this is the word that the church of the living Christ Jesus was built on. This is what is being referred to as the three measures of meal that Satan is after. Not only is this a true church, this is a true doctrine. This is a divine doctrine that comes from the mouth of Christ and is illuminated by the anointing. When I say this is what the church is built upon, it's the testimony of Jesus, which is backed by signs and wonders. It's a lively word. It's not a word that is dead, and the enemy can't stand it. You say, why was the church of Christ so powerful? In the first 20 years of the ancient church in Acts chapter 1 through Acts chapter 28. That's because back then that word was so pure. 
when people like Ananias and Sapphira came in and they tried to stop the progression of the word through lying and grieving, they instantly died because there was instant judgment instituted at that time because the word that they were handling was so powerful and so pure. It was so clear and it was so concise. Did you know that God in his mercy, he allows his hand of judgment to be withheld in certain areas because a lot of things that people hear today there's mixture and the lord has compassion on people because people are like sheep and he has compassion because people today are hearing mixture and some things that people do and they're the wrong thing they do it out of ignorance because they were taught the wrong way and don't think for one second that God doesn't have mercy on those people and withhold what is due them had they done it in rebellion. He has mercy, friend. But if the side of that mercy, there's usually he can't bless that. And there's no power. So he may have mercy and withhold a result of believing something that's false. But he can't bless it and put his anointing and his presence and his power on it. And that's why you have in many places an insolent church, a body that seems weak. I'm not saying the church is weak, but many times they act weak when they're not believing the fundamental doctrines of Christ. And do you know why? That's because there is an enemy... And his name is Satan and his objective. What he is after is this word because he knows once the pure doctrine of Christ starts shining into people's hearts that people are going to rise up and become powerful. They're going to rise up and they're going to have a revelation of what they are and they're going to turn and set back the kingdom of darkness. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to see next week how the enemy comes in and sows those false beliefs inside the word of Christ. Amen? Listen, friend. If you're listening tonight and you need prayer, you need God to touch your life. You need him to work a miracle inside you. I want to pray for you. I want you to go ahead and keep this radio station tuned in. And I want you to join with me. I'm going to release the love of God. And the compassion of God. Maybe you have are, are battling some type of relationship that has gone wry. And you want the Lord to reverse that. I just felt led in my spirit that I see a man and there's a woman that you love. And this relationship has gone the wrong way. And I want to pray for reconciliation in this relationship. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for every person that's tuned into the broadcast, listening to the sound of my voice. In the name of Jesus, I just thank you for your divine providence and your power. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who gave unto us the words of life, the bread of life. And I pray in Jesus' name, as I speak and talk, that the anointing of God would fill every person that's listening to the sound of my voice. I pray that there be power, God. I pray in Jesus' name that you bring reconciliation to relationships that have gone the wrong direction. I pray tonight that husbands and wives would love one another. I pray, Father, that children would fear the Lord. I pray the presence of God would come back into the homes of people. I pray that there would be a fear of God. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name for this country. 
America, the United States, I pray that there would be another revival of your spirit. I pray there would be a revival of your presence. I pray, Father, that wickedness would cease to be glorified. I pray, Father, that people that love wrong and love evil, that you'd bring them out of darkness, that you would shine forth and show your Son, and that Jesus Christ would be glorified. I pray for pastors in the area, that they would receive the fullness of the power of the Spirit, that they would preach with power and authority, Father. I pray you refresh them. I pray in the name of Jesus that pastors that are downtrodden, that they can't meet their budgets, pastors, Father, that are and ministers and evangelists and people that have ministries that are struggling. I pray that you would inspire the hearts of people, Christians, believers, Father, that are squandering their money on insignificant things, that they would send those forth to bless people, to bless those that are preachers, to bless those, Father, that have ministries so they can continue to carry the gospel, that Jesus would be glorified. I thank you and I praise you for it, God. I release your power. To touch people tonight, God, that the word of Christ would get in their heart, that it would be undefiled, uncorrupted. And I thank you for it tonight. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless you, friend. I want to remind you, you can t- connect with our ministry, www.chrispalmerministries.com. Find us on Twitter, at Chris Palmer. You can go on Facebook and type in Chris Palmer Ministries or Chris Palmer. Find us and connect as well as... Go to Amazon.com, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation, or you can go to our website and find it. As usual, next week we'll be back at 12.15 a.m. If you're a partner of ours or someone that listens regularly, God bless you, I love you, and I always appreciate your support. We'll talk to you next week. God bless. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, ChrisPalmerMinistries.com. Or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chris Palmer Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.